98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Here you go, the top stories of the day. We present them to you at 4 o'clock every day. The halfway points of the Burns and Gambo show. Going to start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who dropped the series for the first time in a while. Last night, losing the rubber match of their series against San Diego by a score of 6-3. to three. There was some good news for Corbin Carroll. Now the pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to center. Going back is Azokar. Onto the track. He's at the wall. It is gone! First career home run for Corbin Carroll. And he goes to deep center field. Back-to-back jacks off of Darvish. And it's 2-0 Diamondbacks here in the second. Got the silent treatment when he was done, but there was also bad news with Corbin Carroll in that he ran into a needless out at third base when the Diamondbacks were chasing a couple of runs in the seventh. Didn't need to do that stolen base. And again, it's a young player. Don't want to take his big moment away from him with his first big league home run, but certainly that was a moment I'm sure he'd like to have back. Yeah, and listen, this team is going to... They, they they need to be aggressive. They can't let that that hold them back. They got to be... That's That was not the time to run two on nobody out like and you're down two you don't need to steal third base there he did it uh, they'll learn from those mistakes but I don't want to take the aggressiveness away from them I like the way Lavello's managing these kids also last night Tommy Henry got kind of hit around a little bit again for the second straight start that's got to be a little bit of a expected concern but a concern nevertheless and Dalton Varsho seven home runs in his last 12 games he is swinging a mean bat right now I know he? I know one of the things that they're really kind Contemplating because there's a lot of you know continuity and chemistry with these young kids is and they're all playing great and they're really happy about it. What do you do next year? Do you got do you go with just five young outfielders or do you try to get a veteran guy? You know which would cause one of those guys to not be here. You know now I think Varsho's Varsho set. Corbin Carroll's set, Alec Thomas is set. I think they love McCarthy. I like Stone Garrett because he can DH and he gives me a right-handed bat. But that's five guys. That's five outfielders that are all super young. Do they feel like they need to get a veteran, or can they just roll the five young guys? Yeah, also from college football, Dabo Sweeney agreeing to a new 10-year, $115 million contract with Clemson. How much is that per year? Uh, It's $11.5 million per year. Man. It's the largest college football coaching contract by total compensation, not by annual salaries, but by the total amount that he's owed. I found it interesting in looking at the story about the contract. Specifically, he has a $9 million buyout if he ever leaves to go be the coach of Alabama. It's like a $6 million buyout for Anywhere anybody else. else. But $9 million, if you nine million Alabama. for Alabama. You got Alabama, you got to give us more money. Exactly. It's the one place that oh, we you can't really don't there. want you to go is Alabama. Man. $115 million. Do you remember when Cliff Kingsbury was off to that great start last year? And then there was some... Uh, the Oklahoma job. The Oklahoma job yeah. came up, and it was like, yeah. ah, somebody oh. put somebody tied Cliff to Oklahoma. It's like, man, <laughs> they just could pay so much money. I think they could pay so much money. I think Cliff tied Cliff to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I think Cliff was like, you know, I want to raise. We're doing really well. I, th- uh, I think I'm going to... So he got a new contract. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the last between uh, Dabo, Saban, and Kirby Smart, they have combined to win six of the last eight national championships in college football. Listen to the salaries. Saban's making $11.7 million a year. Smart, 11.2. Dabo, 11.5. 
Yeah. That's, Life's pretty good as a college football coach if you're on top. The Arizona Coyotes say they expect to sell out every single home game this season at ASU's Mullet Arena. They say their season ticket revenue... I can't get over Mullet Arena. I know. It's so funny. Oh, they man. say their season ticket revenue has surpassed already what they were generating in Glendale. Even with an surprised. arena that only seats about 5,000 Well, fans. they raised the average ticket price you know, higher than what the NHL... They were really low ticket prices in Glendale. So they raised the ticket prices really, really high. It's hard for the average person to get in. I mean, the ticket prices are higher than the NHL na- average now. But every seat's like a lower bowl seat. Where they really lose out, I think, is the suites. There's just not that many suites at that arena. And according but, to the story, those are all sold out, too. I think it's like, like 20, 20 of them yeah, instead it. of like yeah. 60, I think, or something. But it, it doesn't make sense. It's got like this, like 5,000 seats for every game. It's it, And I think it could be a really good atmosphere. I'm not surprised by that. Our top story of the day, though, comes to us from the Arizona Cardinals, who were back on the football field today getting ready. And unfortunately, I mean, we got good news and bad news. And, and I'm going to start with the bad news only because it's the most recent of the news. And, and we were going to, you know, we'll tell you about Marcus Golden and we'll tell you about the guys who, Roddy Hudson, who were, will, were able to practice today. But this story from Aaron Wilson has our attention. Aaron Wilson is a football inside with the Pro Football Network. He used to work for the Houston Chronicle. He frequently gets inside information like this. He reported two hours ago that Cardinals wide receiver Rondell Moore injured his hamstring today during practice. This is according to a league source. He's going to have a further examination that includes an MRI to determine the severity of that injury. And of course, as he points out, Cardinals are already dealing with no DeAndre Hopkins because of the suspension. He also pointed out that according to his source, quote, he Went down running a route. It seems serious. Close. Quote. And this is he's had a history of hamstring injuries. Just go back to his days at Purdue. He missed eight games one year. He missed three games another year. He, his 2019 season got ended. He's had two grade one strains of that hamstring. Um, so this has been a this has been a problem for Rondell Moore. Is is his hamstrings? And when you have a hamstring injury, you know typical time frame. If this is a grade one hamstring injury, the typical time frame is you're out two to four weeks. So you may not see Rondell Moore for the first four games of the season if this is a typical hamstring. Who knows? Maybe even longer. He has missed a lot of time in his college career with the hamstring injuries. He played in 14 out of a possible 17 games last year. Uh, But you're right, man. You look at his sophomore and his junior year, he played in four games and then he played in three games. And that was the big knock on him coming out of school was not just, the talent and available. No, not talent. It was just an availability question. And, and so, on a macro level, you worry about that. But then this year was different too, because let's let's not forget with Christian, with Christian Kirk gone, the guy that you probably figured that was going to get like the biggest uptick in one hundred and ten percent. Absolutely, and that's just where I was going to say, like, oh, like you worry about Rondell Moore big picture because of this, you know, this this propensity to getting hurt. But you also worry about it just from a from the standpoint that you're talking about. Rondell Moore was supposed to have a much larger role in this offense. And not, hopefully, not the dink and dunk variety that we saw out of him last year where he was barely off the line of scrimmage when he was getting thrown the ball. I'm talking about going down the field, being a downfield target for Kyler Murray this year. And now it calls into question that. And then on a short-term level, on a micro level, man, the wide receivers Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game that's probably going to need to be a shootout for the Cardinals mm-hmm. to win. And you're going into that game with Hollywood Brown and A.J. Green can as you your imagine, wide receivers. Can you imagine for one second, Cardinals don't trade for Hollywood Brown, they take that center in the first round. <laughs> 
uh, Linderbaum. They take Linderbaum in the first round. They don't trade for Hollywood Brown. Where are you right now? Where are you right now? You're, Where are you right now if you don't make that trade for Hollywood Brown? You're up a creek is where you are. Yeah. I mean, you might be up one anyway. Creek. Yeah, exactly. I had to stop before I said it. But yes, you you are up a creek. You're If you it, didn't make that trade for Hollywood Brown, you got no DeAndre Hopkins for six games right now. Now, I don't know what else they They probably would have had to do something. I mean, maybe Julio Jones would be on this team. They would have been forced to do something. They would have been forced to take a shot at a Julio Jones or something. I don't think it would look the way it is right now. Yeah. But they would be in some trouble. In the moment this happened, we kind of reacted and we started talking about Andy Isabella. And, and maybe he's the guy who gets some snaps. I'm sure he gets some. Greg Dorch maybe the more likely guy to get more snaps on Sunday just based off of the preseason that he had and the way he popped. I don't know. But I got to imagine one of those two guys, maybe it's Dorch over Isabella, gets a real long look on Sunday. I, I just think it's 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 you needed to go into that game expecting a shootout, and Rondell Moore was going to be one of your best weapons in a shootout. And if he's going to miss that game because of this, we don't know how serious it is. On the other side of things, Marcus Golden for the first time since August first, he was practicing. Today. Yeah, that's really good news. Now, how how effective he could be in a short amount of practice time to get ready for that game. Don't know, but I expect that he'll do everything he can to get on that field Sunday. He's one of those, you know, there's several guys that were out, veteran players that are good players. And, you know, if you put the importance level on it, I probably would have put Marcus number one, Rodney Hudson number two, J.J. Watt number three. Well, I got good news for you because number two on your list, Rodney Hudson was also back on the practice field today, but J.J. Watt was not. And in a somewhat concerning development, potentially, Zach Ertz, who did practice yesterday, didn't practice today. So there we go. Not sure what that means. I don't know either. Is he, since he was practiced he, yesterday, were they just taking it easy on him? I, 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 I don't know. I, and when I say he didn't practice, I'm looking at the official list right now. Uh, Marcus Golden, okay, Rodney Hudson practiced in full. Trayvon Mullen, DNP, JJ Watt, DNP. Okay, Zach Ertz went from limited yesterday to a DNP today, and they've got him down as a calf injury. It doesn't. They're not promoting it as a day of rest. For Zach Ertz, Ertz, is, Ertz would be really high on my list too. Because you, you, now Max Williams is full go. You got McBride, so you've got talent there. But man, if you if you you've got you go into that, if I told you, if I told you when camp started, they're going to play Kansas City this or before DeAndre Hopkins, they're going to play Kansas City week one. No DeAndre Hopkins, no Zach Ertz, no Rondell Moore. Be like, okay, they don't have a chance. I'd say no bring chance. You're bringing a knife to a gunfight. I'd say no chance. Yep. Are they? Wouldn't you knife to a gunfight without no, those three guys? A, that's a, that's a, a rubber knife to a gunfight. Yeah. You know, that's you're not you're not beating them without those guys. When we come back, it is back, and we have missed it. The NFL returns this evening. What to watch for tonight when the Rams play the Bills next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Sunday, Thursday, uh, you know. It's okay. We've been waiting all day for Sunday night. We've been waiting all day for Thursday night. We've been waiting all day for the NFL season to open. And tonight it opens with uh, maybe the most prolific season opener 
in the history of the NFL. I don't know if you could, I don't know if you could handpick a better matchup to open up a season with than the team that won the Super Bowl last year against the team that everybody expects to win it this year when the Rams take on the Bills tonight. Five twenty kickoff. Uh, I believe it's on NBC tonight. Oh yeah, yeah I, I recorded that right away. It's ready to go. Listen, no team's been over two decades since somebody has repeated as champions. Uh, you know the Rams. The, the Rams have a, a very good team. They spend a lot of money on their team. They've got a, you know new players and uh, you got Bobby Wagner. And so this is going to be this is going to be a great game. This is going to be a great game. I mean, you're the you're the defending Super Bowl champions, and you get the Bills right off the right off the the bat. Now I think a lot of lot a lot of us are going to be looking at Stafford with that elbow to Big see time. if he's you know if he's right because he did have an injection in his arm. He did not throw passes during the offseason workouts uh, and during training camp. He had a very, very reduced workload. Um, and then, you know, he had some practices where he threw the ball a little bit. They said there's no limitations. McVay's never lost a season opener. He's 5-0. and oh. This is a great game. Like, you couldn't have picked, you really could not have picked a better game to start the NFL season No, you with. couldn't. And I think if you're a Cardinals fan, first and foremost, you watch tonight's game because you want to see if there are any cracks in the armor, right? Yeah. You, you want to see if there's a window. Now, I, I don't know if the Cardinals are the team to go bursting through that window, but is there a window there? Because, I mean, look, it's I, I get McVay's record on opening night, and I know it's just one game out of 17. It, there's a reason why it's really hard to repeat as champions in this league. All right, it's tough. I was listening to our buddy Lorenzo Alexander. He was on Wolf and Luke's show earlier today, and he was talking about how, man, when you win one of those things, sometimes the next year, you just don't, you remember how much work it took to win a championship, and it's hard to find that again. You know, it's hard to dig deep enough to find the work that you need to put in to repeat as champions in this league. And I think LA is going to deal with that to a certain extent this year. Plus, their team is a little different. They lost, everybody's gunning for you. Uh, everybody's, everybody's gunning, gunning for you. you. And you, it's a Stafford injury and all of that stuff. I think the Von Miller deals. I mean, Buffalo outbid the Rams to get them. And yeah. the Rams don't get outbid very often. But Buffalo gave Von Miller a $620 million contract with about $55 million guaranteed. And that's so they, they so that now you got Miller going up against his new teammates after he went there and he helped them win. But a lot of people thought that those moves that they made last year, you know, the Dell Beckham Jr., the Von Miller, the moves that they made really put them over the top. So the Rams were willing to spend whatever it took to win that Super Bowl, and they ended up doing it. So, you know, this will be a, a fun game to watch with two teams that very well could find each other here in Glendale playing for the Super Bowl in January, in yeah. February. Potentially, um, I, I think the Rams, in addition to Stafford's elbow, you keep an eye at the Von Miller thing, definitely. The changes on the offensive line, Andrew Whitworth, the retirement, he's been a mainstay there for a number of years. I think the Robert Woods loss, you know, I think that's a sneaky acquisition to keep an eye on for the Rams. He was kind of a yeah. glue guy in that receiving core. And I don't think Jefferson's available for tonight. No, I believe game you're right. I believe he was I ruled think out. Jefferson was ruled out. Yeah, so I, I know Allen Robinson's good. They added him. A lot of people think he's a good bounce back candidate I, to have I, a good season. I loved him in Chicago. Yeah, I, I did. I thought he was terrific. Yeah, so th- there's, there's that. And then from the Bills standpoint, and we joked about this earlier a little bit, trying to see if there was another fan base that has been more jilted, for lack of a better word, in the NFL than the Buffalo Bills. And maybe you could make an argument for the Vikings. Vikings fans, maybe you could make an argument for the Browns fans, but I, I tell you, I saw a story and I think I sent it to you today. 
the uh, athletic website. All their NFL writers voted on who they think was going to win the Super Bowl championship this year. Okay, of all of the votes, the Bills got 22 of them. That many. The next team on the list got five. Wow. Huge. Buffalo got 22. The Bucks got five. The Chargers got three. The Chiefs got three. The Packers got three. The Rams got three. Everybody thinks the Bills are winning it this year. Everybody. Talked about this earlier. Like that fan base, they'd lose their mind. That's a diehard fan base there in Buffalo. Just diehard. They they love those. They love the Bills. They've had a lot of heartbreak, right? For the fans that are like in our age group, man, they went through the four Super Bowls in a row with Jim Kelly and Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas and Cornelius Bennett and Bruce Smith and had Scott Norwood miss a field goal wide right that cost them a Super Bowl. They got blown out a couple of the other ones. Went up against a couple of good Dallas teams. Like, those Bills teams were great. Yeah. Like, they they were great, and they didn't win a Super Bowl. And so that fan base has been starved. For years, they've been starved. How many... Okay, we have a bet right now. Dodgers are the field for the World Series uh-huh. championship. You've got the Dodgers, I've got the field. Yeah, I was... Yeah. How many teams would I have to go in the NFL before you wouldn't take the field? Like, I was about to say, Bills are the field, but I know I what you're going to say. I did a couple of years ago with Kansas City, and I lost, too. Right. So, I'm not really good at the field and the bet teams, because the field always wins. Well, and that's why I'm asking. How many, so, like, if I, if I say the Bills are the field, you say oh, the field. Oh, this is a great question. If, I, great say, question. if I say the Bills and the Rams or the field, you say the field. How many teams would I have to give you before you wouldn't take the field? Three? Four? Six? Seven? You, you give me... I'll take two. Ooh. I'll take two. Get that uh, three and I... Get that cut ready, Mitch. Get okay. The, the Babalu, we got a bet. Get it, get it ready, just in case. All right, then I'll go three if you're going to make a bet. Three, because I know you'll give me three. I know you'll give me three. <laughs> I'll give you three. I know you're going to give me three. Well, you know, it depends on the three. It depends on the three. Bills are one of them. I'll take Buffalo... I'll take Kansas City, Buffalo, Kansas City. I'm not going to go back to the Bengals. I'm not going to go to the Chargers. I don't like the Buffalo, Kansas City, and Green Bay. Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay. Buffalo. Kansas City. Take Buffalo, Kansas City, Green Bay. I'm gonna Green I'm Bay. gonna I'm gonna fall in line that it's hard to repeat as Super Bowl champs. And that Stafford something's wrong with Stafford's elbow. I just I hate to be a tease, but I don't know if I'm gonna take that bet. I think those would be the exact three teams that I would pick. Buffalo I had a hard time between with picking an NFC team. Yeah. Because to I, me it was either it was because I, I almost considered the 49ers too. In, like, if you said, give me three teams in the NFC, I would say Rams, 49ers, Green Bay. So when you were going to say two, was it going to be the Bills, Bills Kansas and the City. Chiefs? Okay, okay. Bills and Kansas City. Yeah, you know what? I don't think we've got a bet. Okay, I think Bills, those, I think those are the three teams Green I would Bay. take, too. Yeah, I think those I are the three I can name teams. that tune in three notes. Interesting. Yeah, I just wondered how many teams you would go before you'd... Ri- so, it's a good poll question. Would you take... Oh, we were kicking it field? around for tomorrow, yeah. we were Or Bills, Kansas Kansas, Bills and Rams. Just say the Bills and Rams. Yeah. Would you take the field or the two teams playing tonight? 
We could throw it out there real quick. We got about an hour before kickoff. We could we could we could mess with well, something we could like that. Do it tomorrow. Yeah, we could just do it. Tomorrow. We could do it tomorrow. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Diamondbacks losers last night, and eyes start to kind of wander towards next season. But we're keeping an eye on the guys this season too, including Jake McCarthy. How much of a factor is he going to be for the future of the Diamondbacks? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo show. Ninety-eight-seven FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Let's turn it back over to Zach for an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. The Cardinals secondary depleted to say the least. Where are the picks coming from? That is our poll question of the day. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Take it away, Zach. What do you got for us? All righty. So our four options here, Byron Murphy, we had, or we asked, Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, other. Right now, it's still Byron Murphy in the lead with 43% of the vote. Buda Baker with 29% of the vote. Jalen Thompson in third with 22% and 5% for the other option. Now we were getting a lot of jokey jokesters out there who were saying Kyler Murray is going to lead the team in interceptions. <laughs> he probably is. But that's not what we meant. That's not what we meant, people. We meant yeah. who defensively. Who's is, defensively, yes. I mean, I you go with other, and I mean I could I could very easily see it being other. I, I could see um could Isaiah Simmons lead this team in interceptions? Could no, probably not. You don't think? I think he's going to have to go to play all those different in, positions. He'll be in coverage quite a bit. Um, I don't know if he would lead or not. Marco Wilson, maybe Antonio Hamilton, probably not. I don't think he's going to be back soon enough to lead the team. It's it's going to be and Trayvon Mullen once again didn't practice again today. There was a whole bunch of guys who didn't practice today. Uh, and then of course the Rondell Moore injury that Zach just told us about in the update is obviously the big story of the day. But uh, the corner room does seem to be very, very thin. All right, that's the poll question. You can find it, as always, on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. One word, at Burns and Gambo is where you can find it. Now the pitch. Swung on and hit in the air to center. Going back is Azokar. Onto the track. He's at the wall. It is gone! First career home run for Corbin Carroll. And he goes to deep center field. Back-to-back jacks off of Darvish. And it's 2-0 Diamondbacks here in the second. That was Chris Garagiola with the call yesterday. Corbin Carroll, his first major league home run. Of course, it wasn't all good for Corbin Carroll yesterday, but in that moment, and they gave him the silent treatment. They did the whole yeah, thing yesterday. Good, the first of very many home runs that Corbin Carroll is going to hit. For the, the funny D-backs. thing when you saw the when you saw the when you saw he hits home run, he gets in the dugout, and you can see Labello's trying not to crack up because he's sitting there playing the whole day, and then, then a bunch of guys just jump on him, start patting his head, and everything like that. So he got it. But the big thing was he was you know, first and second, nobody out, down two runs, and he gets caught stealing third base. There's no reason to steal third base there. I don't want to take these kids' aggressiveness away from them. Uh, there's a time and a place to, to that was not the, the, the time and a place to go to steal third base. You're down two, you got two guys on base, you're in scoring position, you know, so there's no reason to take third. Now, if you get to third, granted, you could score on a sack fly, you could score on a wild pitch, basketball, we all get that, but there's no reason with nobody out, there's no nobody out, stay at second base, get it 
good lead. You can even tag up on a fly ball to right field with your speed and get to right. third base if, with one out and then be in scoring position with, with only one out for another sack fly. Um, so I just didn't like that. But again, I don't want to take their, their, their aggressiveness away. No, I don't want to take their aggressiveness away. And I, and I don't want to take, you know, Corbin Carroll's night away from him. It was his first big league home run. You'll never forget a moment like that. But needless to say, there, you know, Corbin Carroll standing on third, Corbin Carroll standing on second. There's with that kind of speed, there's very little difference. And, and so there's just down two, chasing two like that in the seventh. There's just no need to run into outs. You have to just be a little more situationally aware than that. Other, you know, the bullpen didn't come into play last night. Tori Lovello said before the game that it's a fluid situation who huh. his closer is. And for me, I, I heard fluid and I heard lighter fluid. You heard fluid and you vomit. heard vomit. I mean, vomit, yeah, it's just yeah. all quite, fluid has so many different I, connotations, but. <sighs> I told you what 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 uh, what was going to happen yesterday. They were not going to go to Melanson or Kennedy yesterday. If they had gotten into a safe situation, they would have made a decision between Caleb Smith or Reyes Maranta for the clo- for the for the closer in that game. So if they had had the lead in the ninth inning, they would not have gone to Melanson. They would have not have gone to Kennedy. It would have been either Reyes Maranta or Caleb Smith. Now, with a fluid situation, I expect that that's what it's going to be. I mean, you know, they're off today, but if they get into a safe situation tomorrow, it's very likely that that's the direction that they're going to go in to give one of those guys a shot. I'd like to see them develop their own. I like Ryan Nelson, but I don't think that he would get the spot right now with 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 a lack of experience that he has that he would get the closers role ryan nelson kyle murphy kyle, what did i just say who did i say you, heard you said ryan nelson did i really yeah you did yeah <laughs> i was like oh okay. uh, that really is that who you want to be the closer yeah. <laughs> you threw me off there for a second that's oh, all right it's you know it's so like I, yeah happens. so i expect i expect that it'll be caleb or maranta i think that's the way that they would go right now to try if they had to go to a close in this game against colorado i expect that that's what it's going to be okay yeah I, I i just wanted to make sure i was clear on who you were talking about because i didn't think you were talking about who you were talking about. You were talking about Kyle Nelson. Yes. Not not okay. Not Kyle Nelson. Not Ryan Nelson. Kyle Nelson is who you were talking about. Okay. Just want to just want to make sure we were clear on that. Um, on the athletic website today, there was a roundtable about the National League West, and I thought it was handled by Zach Buchanan, who's covered the team for a number of years for the Athletic, and he was answering a couple questions about the D backs. And I thought a couple of the answers were worth talking about at least for a couple of minutes. Question number one. Which player on your team has the most to play for or prove in the final month? And I think Zach's answer was spot on. He thinks it's outfielder Jake McCarthy. And his reasoning, and I think it's really good, is that it feels like the outfield is set for the Diamondbacks for years to come. Carroll, um, Alec Thomas, Alec Thomas, and Dalton Bar Show. And it feels like Jake McCarthy has done just about everything he can do since the All-Star break to prove that he belongs in that mix. Now, so has Stone Garrett. The problem for McCarthy is that he's a left-handed hitter like all those other guys. They're all lefties. At least Stone Garrett's a right-handed hitter, and he can distinguish himself in that regard. Jake McCarthy might have the most to prove the rest of the season for the Diamondbacks because he's got to continue to figure out a way to stand out on an outfield where it just doesn't look like there's a lot of room for him in the future moving forward, right? Yeah, I I think that Jake is really, in the last four to six weeks, I think he has firmly established himself as one of their top four outfielders, one of their top four guys. Now, 
the guys that you expect will play every day no matter what, that will be the two main guys, are going to be... Thomas is not going to be moved from center field. He might be the best defensive center fielder in baseball. Corbin Carroll's going to play. He's going to play a whole lot in left and right. Then it comes down to McCarthy and Varsho, who have both proven themselves as guys that, 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 that are worthy. Now, you can get four guys all the at-bats. All the at-bats. You could use one as a DH here and there. I mean, with four guys, there's no way that you, 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 you'll get plenty of at-bats for everybody. The problem for me comes in with that fifth guy in Stone Garrett. Yeah. Because I like him, and I don't know where he fits in. But four guys, you'll have no problem getting the at-bats. I don't think all four can be lefties. And I think that's that's the problem McCarthy runs into a little bit, is that all, all four can't be left-handed But what hitters. if your catcher's a right-handed hitter? Your first baseman's a right-handed hitter. Your second baseman's a switch hitter. I mean, if they go That'd back the to Nick Ahmed, you then, you're right, then your shortstop's a right-handed hitter. Yeah. Your third baseman's a right-handed hitter. So that depends. Like it depends. If your catcher, first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, and third baseman all hit right-handed, I think you can make that work. It definitely is not ideal to have four, your four outfielders all be left-handed guys because when you are facing a tough lefty, you know, you're almost inclined to have three left left-handed bats in the lineup when you might want to have another righty. That's why I do like Stone Garrett in those cases as the fifth outfielder. I think the hard part for McCarthy is I think Dalton Varsho is really, and it's not just because he has seven home runs in his last 12 games. I think Dalton Varsho has really established himself. as I mean, to the point where, I don't know about you, I don't even think of Dalton Varsho much as a catcher anymore. Like he's a He is a yeah. right fielder. Yeah. He's a tremendous defensive outfielder. I, I don't look at him and go, is he a catcher? Is he an outfielder? I'm not even having that internal debate anymore. I'm sure the Diamondbacks still are. But for me, I look at him and, and say, he's an outfielder, and I feel like he's got to have one of those spots. And you know Thomas is going to have that spot. He's you know, a great third catcher, isn't he, though? Like in case oh, of emergency? Of course. Yeah, of course. Like but, just to have that luxury there of having another guy that could catch. But he saves so many runs out there. I in can't right believe field. how good he is defensively. Yeah, he's, he's, been, he's been a revelation. I think that there. that's probably my biggest surprise is how good he is as a defensive outfielder. I think, I think McCarthy's, unfortunately, between a rock and a hard place when it comes to I don't know I mean, if there's that guy, I mean I, I know I, and he's look a at the stolen bases great extra guy to have on the roster I just don't know if he's going to get a lot of regular playing time out there I don't know I don't know if there's anything he can do over the course of the rest of the season to claim that playing time I think he's always going to be the fourth outfielder on this team maybe even the fifth with Stone Garrett and the righty lefty I think that we if you're about. four you're going to get a lot of it at bats if you're five you're probably not when we come back on the Burns and Gambo show five running backs on the Cardinals active roster. Five. How is that going to impact the guy at the top of that depth chart? We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. All right, we'll talk about the Cardinals and their running back situation in just a moment. But story that cross our desks. And it's not a breaking news story. It doesn't require the sounder or anything like that. But it's certainly anything that involves a local legend is something that we want to talk about for a couple of minutes. According to a report from Sportsnet.ca out of Canada, yeah, Shane Doan is taking a, quote, step back, close quote, from his role with the Arizona Coyotes. Reached by the phone on Thursday morning, Doan stressed, I don't want this to be seen in any way that hurts the organization. I want the arena bid to be successful for the 
hockey's for hockey's long term future in the valley. Close quote. He was the chief hockey development officer. He joined the organization, rejoined the organization in January of 2021, and of course, he is the all time leader in just about every category that matters when it comes offensively yeah. to the Coyotes. I just got off the phone with them just a minute ago. Talked to him during the break, and uh, you know, he's not stepping away. He's just stepping back. Like I've always had the feeling that that Shane wants more of a role in in hockey operations, in front office, in decision making, free agents and drafts, and you know things like that, and not being just like a face of the franchise that's around to do this and do that. I think I think that's what he ultimately wants. So I do think it's that that part of this is he's not necessarily in the role that he feels is best suited for him, but he is a, listen, he wants the Coyotes to succeed. He wants the Coyotes to win. He's going to help them every step of the way, but he'll still be around. He's just stepping back, not stepping away. But again, I do think this has a lot to do with, you know, ultimately he's not in the the best role that suits what what he thinks he can bring to the table. And it specifically says says in the story that I'm looking at, uh, quote, Doan wanted no part of that storyline, He's a big fan of the second-year head coach and would help him in any way that's asked when it comes to the organization. So I'm sure he's choosing his words very cautiously about how this is going to be seen and how this is perceived. Um, but he'll it sounds like he'll still be around, just not to the same level and same commitment that he has been in the past. And, of course, he's got the four kids, and, and Josh was drafted by the Coyotes, you know, yes. 37th overall uh, last year. He's going into his sophomore season at Arizona State, so there's a lot going on in that regard. So... We, Shane, we've you've known Shane forever. I've known I've been lucky enough to really get to know Shane through my time with you over the last eleven years or so. And whatever he wants to do, man, we totally support Shane Dome. I mean, he's he's the man. He's he's great at anything that he wants to do. So, however he chooses to do this and however he wants to play this, I just hope he gets whatever it is that he wants, whatever it is that he's looking for to make him happy. I hope Shane Dome finds it because he's earned it. I think the most important thing for him is that the future that Yotes is here and that the team has success and I think that will make him very happy as far as him individually yeah I'm sure that he would you know want to have more of a role in in what's going on with the organization and maybe down the road that will happen for him five running backs for the Arizona Cardinals five (laughs) five five I didn't even know that was coming Uh, and I knew that was coming uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, I knew the way I said the word five in the tease that Mitch was going to have that. Now, of course, James Conner is the unquestioned number one of the five, and he met with the media today, and he was asked if this is the best he's felt going into a season, and he said, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I just learned a lot, you know, especially the uh, new team in the second year being with that team. Um, you know, I try to prepare. I feel like every year is, my, is the best i felt going into a season. Uh, but I do feel like I prepared a little smarter and better this year coming in. To, to the season, so I'm excited to see you know, this, this all would pay off. The question is the other four, because uh, no matter how many times you said it was a possibility going into the cutdown day, it is still huh. extremely unorthodox for a team to keep five running backs in today's well, NFL. Well, unless they consider Ward just a special teams player. And I and when I when I first said that, that I, I really think that they could keep five because they are afraid of Keontae trying to sneak Keontae Ingram on the practice squad because he looks so good. 
my thought process was basically what I was told is that you can consider Ward just a special teams player. Like, you know, when you put your got to have a certain amount of guys that are special teams. One of them happens to be a running back, but he's more of a special teams guy. So if you if you just consider it four and Ward a special teams guy, then it makes a little bit more sense. You've got Connor, you've got Williams and Eno, and then if one of those guys fault is you got Keontae Ingram. I get that. But at the end of the day, you've got to choose to activate or inactivate these players. Yes. Are they going to have gonna, five no. active running backs on no. game day? I mean, they can't. No. There's no way. Not going to dress five guys. Not going to dress five guys. No, I don't think that will happen. That doesn't make any Boy, sense. Especially, like, especially look, look at wide receiver now. Look at the defensive lineman right now. Right, If J.J. Watt doesn't play, right. what if Hurts doesn't play? Like, No, I don't expect that they're going to address five running backs. They must have really liked Keontae Ingram. That's they did. They, they must did. have just like, man, we, we, we are going to lose this guy if we put him on the practice squad. He's gone. And they must have really liked him, and they must have really liked Eno Benjamin and the strides that he made. And obviously, Jonathan Ward, what he does on special teams, it's just, it's, I'll be fat. Fascinated to see how they deploy it, how they use it, who's inactive, who's dressed, who's not, who's playing, who's not, is James Conner. Because remember, this offense at its peak last year, it wasn't just the James Conner show and it wasn't just the Chase Edmonds show. It was a really healthy balance between the two of them. And I would assume they're going to try to seek that same balance this year. I think that's when they're at their best offensively, not just the James Conner show. or the. And so who's... The other guy, you know, is, is it is it Daryl Williams? Is it Eno? Is it Keontae Ingram? Who who becomes the Robin to James Connors Batman? I don't know. I can't wait da- to see. I would say Daryl Williams. You think so? I mean, because I got it. You get you you got to go by track record, right? Is a guy over a thousand yards last year? You would think. I mean, you know, Benjamin yeah. has no real track record in the NFL. You may like him all you want in camp, but like in real NFL games, when games right. matter, Daryl Williams has a proven track record. He's done it. I get that, but they kept him. You know, they kept him on. He was a seventh round pick. It's not like Eno's some commodity that you've got to be careful with. He was a seventh round pick. If seventh round picks get cut all the time, you obviously kept him for a reason. I just can't wait to see what that reason was. I can't wait to see how they deploy these guys and how they use them. It's it's because it is is fascinating. I agree. Because I just, I, you know, I, I was gone all last week. And I was gone the day of the cutdowns, and I got back. I saw the final fifty-three. I'm like, "Damn, they really kept five running backs. They really did it." I'm like, "Okay, go ahead." Well, you know what? We can talk to Steve Kime about that tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow is our first. We start that off tomorrow. Right. That Mitch, I got a thumbs up yeah. on that. That is tomorrow. The Steve Kime, GM for his weekly visit. Today's his birthday, by the way. Happy birthday! Today's his birthday. Today's his birthday. We'll have to get him a cake. Wow. Yeah. How old? Fifty-five. Uh, I'm not going to speculate on that. I'll leave that to fifty-six. I'll leave that to you. Sixty. Don Jason. Poor Steve. Poor Steve. When we come back, a lot of pressure on the Cardinals defense this year, and not just because it's Kansas City, but it's certainly enhanced by the fact that it's Kansas City. We'll talk about that next in the Burns and Gambo show. I'm not getting any younger. No, you're not. Arizona Sports. Arizona Cardinals football. Murray looking deep, firing middle of the field, wide open at the 30-yard line. It's caught at the 20 to 10. Touchdown. There's the explosive play. Arizona's Sports Station.
Liberty GMC, 87th Avenue and West Bell Road in Peoria. Online all the time. LibertyGMCAZ.com. So here's the deal, right? Like a few months ago, I bought a high-quality pre-owned vehicle from Liberty GMC. And I, I spent a lot of time researching it and thinking about it and figuring out exactly what did I want to get and how it was going to work. And one of the big things for me was the trade-in, right? Because it, it, I'm sure a lot of you have a trade-in if you're looking to make some sort of a deal. That's what you want. I researched this extensively at Liberty GMC. Your dollar just goes further there, all right? It's you just more value there. And here's what I mean. I just talked with General Manager Chris Scott about this yesterday. At Liberty GMC, they're going to pay you a 1000 more than any written offer you get for your trade-in. A thousand more than any other written offer. So when I'm doing my research, I'm doing my homework, and I want to go make a deal, that's why I went with Liberty GMC, because I knew that from the trade-in value, it was going to be tremendous. And of course, the car itself was tremendous, and the experience itself was tremendous, and the selection, all of it, was great at Liberty GMC. 87th Avenue and West Bell Road in Peoria. Online all the time, LibertyGMCAZ.com. GMC, we We are professional grade. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Spending a second here with Dean Wine, business manager of IBEW Local 640 here in Phoenix. Hey, Dean. It's always great to see you, Wolf. You know, we spend a lot of time talking about your men and women working here in the desert. We say Local 640, but what about your organization as a whole? Well, the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers was born more than 130 years ago and now boasts more than 775,000 active members and retirees across the U.S. and Canada. 130? years, man, that's some kind of staying power. No kidding. Back in the 1890s, when harnessing electricity was brand new, one out of every two workers was getting killed or injured. Oh my goodness. It's true. So our union's forefathers thought, maybe we should, you know, have a voice in what's going on. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, and with that in mind, I'm proud to say our local is and has been among the fastest growing in North America. Check them out. Go to IBW640. Hey, Tim, you heard about Kyler's new deal, right? Heard about it? I signed it. Wait, what? It's all over the radio. Everyone's talking about Kyler Murray's new deal. With Santan Ford, of course. No way. Yes way. From me to you, Kyler, have a blast this season. Your talent, character, and your hard work are an unbeatable combination. Kyler, thanks for going deep with Santan Ford. I'm Tim Hovick, and it's football season in the desert. We are Santan Ford. Question five. Lucas and Carla have three homework assignments each. Lucas does his online at home, but Carla has no internet at home. If Carla has to travel five miles to find... 